that, that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick, live from Radio Row in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. I am wearing makeup. Drew isn't. <laughs> Read into that what you will. We'll be here all week. Uh, looking forward to it, Drew. Uh, what do you make of Vegas so far? Uh, lovely. Uh, the, uh, the stars are out. Uh, a lot of fun people here already. Uh, it's going to be a crazy week. I've, obviously, it's been a long time coming, the NFL having a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Vegas is obviously a perfect city for a destination event like this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, great. everybody's taking great care of us here at NBC, so uh, I'm in a great mood. Huge result having uh, Radio Row inside our hotel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bay, which I can't express what a delicious victory that is. Um, would you describe yourself as a, a Vegas guy? Uh we're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I think the longest I've ever been here is probably three nights, so this is going to set a new record for me, and uh, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to do my best to keep it together. Okay. Uh, I always have fun when I'm here. Yeah. The uh, the last time I was in Las Vegas, or one of the most recent times, was for a friend's 30th birthday, and I just recall uh, after a long night uh, having a very late breakfast the next day at breakfast like 2 p.m. at a restaurant uh, as my friend was on the phone to J.P. Morgan Chase saying that he uh, <laughs> did not recognize these charges for a $3,400 ATM withdrawal um, from a location not to be disclosed. But that, that was very Vegasy, And I'll never forget my friend saying, um, I think this might be fraud. Uh, which, when you hear someone say, I think this might be fraud, it's like minus 2,000 to, uh, to not be fraud. That uh, was my big takeaway there. Anyway, today we're going to talk about Super Bowl, uh, naturally, we'll talk about some of the prop markets, side total updated thoughts there, and then a quick look uh, at some of the coaching hires and then the odds for next year's Super Bowl. We'll obviously break this game down from every possible angle uh, over the next five days, but just macro at the moment, Drew. Uh, how have your thoughts changed over the past week or so since Open? Yeah, pretty interesting market. Um one-way actions since you know the the bottoming out around a pick uh, has been on the Niners pushing it out to two. Um, I doubt we go to two and a half or three, but maybe um, I would definitely not go into three. I, I, that would be a shocker. Um, you know, my fair neutral is three, so I'm Niners or pass at this point. Uh, total market has been bet up. Uh, you can still get 47 and a half out there. Uh, if you look around, there are 48s popping. Uh, that uh, makes sense. Uh, it's going to be an indoor Super Bowl. Everybody's healthy. Uh, so there's going to be some a lot of potential for offense. Um, and, yeah, the game itself, uh, you know, in the glow of the AFC-NFC championship game, it was pretty easy to be down on the Niners' defense. Uh, that unit did not cover themselves in glory against the Lions. Um, but I, having rewatched that game, I kind of want to give credit more to the Lions than I really want to uh, hold it against the uh, Niners defensively. Um, and uh, on the flip side, I'm not really buying into this being some sort of revelatory growth out of the Kansas City offense. I think we 
we we know who they are. They're you know Pat, Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of this generation by margin, uh, and he's capable of elevating that unit to where they can uh, you know make another Super Bowl. Uh, just a really pretty impressive run. Um, however, uh, this is uh, still a unit that has struggled mightily in the red zone throughout the balance of the season. This is still a unit that I think you have to have uh, sincere questions about uh, the ability for their pass catchers to either a generate separation or b catch the football um they kind of have a little bit of a, a problem doing both of those things and i don't think that gets fixed on the world's biggest stage so um yeah definitely kind of uh starting to entrench my uh, my opinion here that the niners are the right side uh and that this is going to be finally uh, you know a crowning moment for shanahan and uh, a little bit of a sweet redemption for brock purdy even though he will not be our mvp this year uh, i think he uh, has a very real chance to be the super bowl mvp He's had a lot of arcs already in his career, young Brock Purdy, uh, who obviously hasn't started that many games, but feels like people have changed their minds on him two or three times. And now I think he's uh, at a slight rise in opinion, just on how he closed uh, the game against Detroit. Market movement in this one is, is somewhat interesting, opening effectively Niners minus two and a half, then the Chiefs get aggressively bet off the open, comes down to one, and now kind of is settled at two. Like these movements don't really matter a ton. Like the <laughs> difference between one and two and a yeah. half is not that substantial. Uh, and obviously this is a it's a very liquid market now. Yep. You basically bet whatever you want uh, on the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's not like there is an egregiously wrong price, uh, you would suspect, but the more I think about this game, the more I focus on the fact that I think that the Niners, like you still have to, when you think about their defense, you still have to bake in that they were effectively the best defense in the NFL last season. And I understand that you know now it's the Steve Wilkes show instead of the D'Amico Ryan show. Personnel is slightly different. They're missing some guys like Ufunga. But for the most part, this is the same group of players. And I just think that we get so biased visually by how a defense looks when it gets carved up when they're not getting quick pressure i think dallas are maybe the cleanest example of that dallas are being talked about as one of the three or four best defenses in the league and then look uh just atrocious against green bay when parsons and lawrence can't get home i think there is an element of that where detroit and green bay are really good at preventing quick pressure absolutely i think there is this niners defense has been a little bit exposed where if Bosa isn't getting home, if he isn't wreaking havoc, uh, if Armstead, Chase Young aren't doing the same thing, then these guys, they get exposed on the back end. Ambry Thomas hasn't had a good stretch yep. at the moment. Diomedo Lenar isn't particularly uh, frightening or imposing. Uh, and they have, you know, they have a backup safety as well in Brown. So I think that the question is then is, like, do you think that Mahomes, and it's not going to look like the Tampa Bay Super Bowl for him where the Chiefs offensive line was so bad that it just wrecked the game. Like, there was just no <laughs> hope whatsoever. But do you think that Bosa and Co. will be wreaking havoc in this game to the point where the Niners' defense actually looks like a strength? It's kind of be weird to say this, but it kind of depends how it's called. Yep. Um, the uh, You watch the tape on the Chiefs' offensive line, particularly their tackles. Um, they're getting away with uh, they're getting away with some pretty aggressive um, pass protection holding, <laughs> and uh, if it's called tightly, then that's going to be uh, pretty uh, difficult for the uh, you know for sort of the matriculating style of offense that the Kansas City Chiefs are running right now. That'll break down if you have ten yard penalties for holding you know every every other drive. Uh, that's going to be a problem. Um, I would say that your points about the Niners' defense and just the talent standpoint are very fair. Like this is last year's team. 
you've, except you add Hargrave. He's, you know, and you add Chase Young. Like now, now you can find moments of tape where neither of those guys covered themselves in glory. Um, but I would say that uh, just in general, the the talent mismatch exists at basically every single, um, you know, part of the game. Offensive line uh, for the Chiefs against the defensive line for the Niners is very clearly advantage Niners. Uh, I don't think that the you know pass catchers uh, for the Chiefs are good enough to win any type of one v one versus the what is a solid Niners pass defense. Uh, and then you have enough skill on offense that you're you know the t- the talent check marks are almost unanimously uh, in favor of the uh, Niners here, which is why I think they ought to be favored by three. Really, it's just the X factors and the intangibles of you know, Mahomes coming into this game with much more experience and sort of a level uh, of quality of quarterback play at the uh, you know, in, in playoff settings that's just we haven't seen it since Brady. <laughs> you know, that, that, it's rare air uh, to be that cool and that good in the, you know, the most pressure-filled moments. And so um, I, uh, I did some soul-searching over the weekend trying to remember or even think of like the last time I really went hard fade against Pat Mahomes in the playoffs and I don't think I've done it I'm, I'm kind of the guy that just sort of lines up and says oh Brady's in the Super Bowl we'll bet, bet Brady Mahomes in the Super Bowl bet Mahomes and I think uh, this is uh, kind of the first time I'm really ready to deviate from that and uh, to, to believe that the talent overall for the uh, Niners is enough to, to win the day yeah I think a lot of also the deification of Mahomes in the playoffs. One, it is warranted. But then two, this season, I do think there are some chinks in the armor. Sure. In that, okay, he was uh, he eviscerated Buffalo, but against the Buffalo defense that was heavily wounded. Yes. He eviscerated Miami, but against the Miami defense that had no pass rushes whatsoever that were left. And then against the Ravens, he had an excellent first half. And then they did absolutely nothing yeah. in the second half. They didn't score. I think they had eight first downs total in the half. They just couldn't get anything going. And as good as Mahomes has been, like a lot of that in the playoffs has been he has avoided turnovers like yes. at, completely at all. And if you regress to what he normally does from a turnover perspective, which is still not much, it just, just doesn't look quite as good. So I think that perhaps there is, and look, that is three, I guess, rationalizations for three different games, <laughs> but it could certainly come to the fore sure. um, in Vegas on Sunday. So, look, I think the Super Bowl, ultimately, what it will come down to is, uh, we've talked about this before, but if Brock Purdy plays like the guy who was a minus 250 MVP favorite going into week 16, if he plays at the level that got him to that point, the way he played against Dallas on Sunday Night Football, the way he played against the Jags, the way he played against Tampa, then the Niners are probably going to win the game because I think they have more talent. But there is a non-zero chance that Purdy just completely (laughs) implodes like he imploded against Baltimore, like he imploded in the first half against Green Bay. I don't think he imploded against Detroit. I just think that the Detroit were just getting a lot of pressure and collapsing the pocket and the Niners didn't have a great schematic answer for that early. But... If that happens, then, yeah, he's going to lose to Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> who is, for whatever we think is going to happen with the Chiefs, Mahomes isn't going to lose his head. Uh, Mahomes is not going to be seeing ghosts in yep. this game, yep. and uh, there is a chance that Purdy will. And it's difficult to, uh, to handicap uh, the young brain yeah. of uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. We can probably pre-record our reaction pod on Monday. If Mahomes wins, it's like, yeah, duh. He was yeah. Mahomes was a dog. That was obviously the right answer. And uh, if the Niners win, it's like, yeah, the Chiefs are who we thought they were. They were a broken offense and they were a flawed defense. And they got here based on the ultimately like 
the more the more I ruminate on that Ravens game, the Ravens they they gave that game to the Chiefs more than the Chiefs won it. Uh, the self-inflicted wounds and the you know just in general uh, a, a little bit cleaner second half performance from that offense, and all of a sudden this is Ravens Niners and not Chiefs Niners. So um, Chiefs, you, you know, it, it it takes luck to get to this point of the season for every team every year, um, and I think ultimately uh, you know the talent advantage is what you have to ride with here as you have two weeks to prepare. Uh, you have uh, you know one of the best, if not the best, offensive coaching mind. Uh, you know, going in the game with Kyle Shanahan, calling the plays, and uh, you know, just a, a unit that is uh, you know that is capable of scoring forty points. Yep. I think the, the last thing to uh, before we move on is that okay, what do the Chiefs do? They blitz a ton. They blitz at a top five rate in the league. Brock Purdy is the number one quarterback in the NFL against the blitz by EPA per play. Uh, what do the Chiefs really suffer at? Uh, it's a defense. They run defense. Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Shanahan, uh, you would think that they will take advantage of that. So I do think there are some matchup things. It's just whether uh, Purdy completely melts. I don't think he will. Jarek McKinnon is designated to return Ooh. from IR. Do you think this does anything for Kansas City offense? Um, I guess it uh, makes me more inclined to look at... Um passing attempts overs for Mahomes uh, if it's the game state that we're kind of thinking about uh, he becomes much more of a threat in the screen game uh, and I, you know I don't know that that's ultimately the way you want to attack the Niners defense but I could definitely see uh, you know kind of using McKinnon as sort of the relief safety valve uh, in a game state where there's just not a lot of rushing attempts for the to be had for the Chiefs in the second half which is kind of the way I think this is going to go so um, yeah I mean McKinnon uh, he takes away from uh, target share from Pacheco uh, he makes uh, some of the interesting kind of, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit here, some of the exotic markets, I think there's ways you can take advantage of this to a, a degree. But um, yeah, in a, in a comeback mode uh, where you're facing the, uh, the teeth of the pass rush for the Niners, I think you're going to see a lot more McKinnon out there than you would see Pacheco. Okay, yeah, and I think that Look, Pacheco set at 66 and a half rushing yards. I think that is a decent proxy for, if you like, the Chiefs. If you think the Chiefs are going to win this game, then Reid, I think, to his detriment somewhat, has really leaned on the run in these second halves when they do have a lead. So it's pretty difficult to envision a same-game parlay of uh, of Pacheco under Chiefs money line, sure. um, even more so than usual, just given, obviously, that running backs are, are correlated with victory in terms of the yards that they accumulate. All right. One other sweat during Super Bowl week, Drew. Obviously. Uh, we have you covered with a special edition of Bet the Edge on Thursday night. Join us on our NFL on NBC YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern for an NFL Awards watch-along and find out how we feel about the winners for Coach of the Year, Comeback Player, and much more. It's going to be an interesting human character study uh, of the way my face contorts. Uh, it'll be like a Philip Seymour Hoffman film, uh, <laughs> watching me squirm during this broadcast, uh, particularly if it starts to go south. Uh, very much need chalk in that one. I know you'll be sweating out Miles Garrett as yes. well. Uh, though I think, fingers crossed, that I think that one might be done. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! 
And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. All right, let's talk about some prop markets in the Super Bowl. Some of these Super Bowl firsts. Ooh. Uh, first drive, first team to score. Uh, over on the yards on first completion. So, uh, Chiefs first drive. Punt plus 125. Touchdown plus 230. Field goal attempt plus 320. And a turnover, uh, turnover on downs, or safety is plus 650. Uh, is there anything particularly inspiring to you there, just thinking about how good the Chiefs' scripted offense has looked in these playoff games? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I guess uh, just to kind of macro thinking about firsts, um, both of these coaches have uh, pretty clear tendencies where they will defer if they win the coin toss. I think it's stronger likelihood that the Chiefs are going to defer. I mean, that's basically it. Andy Reid's DNA is is deferring, winning the toss. Um, I think Shanahan potentially could, yeah, he could he could elect to be a little bit more aggressive on the coin toss and then take the ball first and try to try to put together uh, you know a nice drive and and, and pat you know pat a little bit. I, I I would like to see that personally as a Niners backer. Um, but uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, likely. Starting out a little bit slow, I think, is a realistic expectation. Um, again, like we kind of know what, what you're going to get. You're going to get a Niners defense that asks you to cross the street ten times uh, in order to matriculate the ball down the field. Chiefs are, of course, capable of doing that, um, but uh, you know, I, w- I would generally expect that um, uh, the run stop and, and the linebacking core, particularly uh, you know Fred Warner, being active early in this game and, and really keeping the Chiefs in a bit of a bottle uh, is a is a realistic expectation here. So Chiefs first drive resulting in a punt would be my look, and uh, Niners first drive resulting in a touchdown okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. so basically I, well almost identical odds on the Niners side just the touchdown uh, is slightly shorter and the punt slightly longer uh, as they are two point favourites in the game interested to see how this Niners offence looks because it doesn't look great to start these Green Bay sure. and Detroit games and I think when you think about why it didn't the Green Bay game, I think Brock Purdy was just a mess. Yeah. Uh, throwing what could have been pick sixes just didn't seem like he was all there and it felt like the rain just rattled him. And that is something that I think, and I'm not sure if there's a really a way to take advantage of this betting-wise, but it does seem like with Purdy, when things start going wrong, they do really compound sure. with uh, the Ravens when he threw that first pick to Hamilton. And then it seemed like he was just way in his own head uh, and he just wasn't close to the player um, that he had been even the second half against the Bengals thinking back he yep. kind of lost the plot there after a really great start to that game and then against uh, Green Bay he struggled and then Detroit in the first half uh, they just they made him look so small in the pocket yep. and that really defined the first half it's what led to the uh, kind of the tipped interception and so I don't know if there is a way that, uh, that like Shanahan obviously is going to put him in the best possible situation that he can. I expect they're probably going to lean on McCaffrey a fair bit yep. that first drive. I'd be surprised if Shanahan's going to be like, all right, Brock Purdy's dropping back to pass every play of this first drive. So I yep. would expect that they're going to be relatively conservative and try to ease him into the Super Bowl, just given that he could let go of the rope more quickly than your typical quarterback who's minus 250 to an MVP in week 16. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's all fair. Uh, it's important to note that um, you know a lot of Kyle Shanahan tendencies are sort of setting up 
uh, explosive plays that happen later in the game. Uh, so expecting them to come out and give you all of the best, the you know the the the, the, um, the most explosive and, and highest uh, leverage stuff right out of the gate is not likely. Uh, it's probably going to be like you said, a lot more conservatism. Uh, try to test that running defense. I don't think you're going to get any of the Todd Munkin approach that you saw with the Ravens, where you know Gus Gus Edwards had what three carries in the game. Uh, you know, I think ultimately it's going to be prove you know we you know number one uh, Chiefs defense proved to us that uh, you have the ability to stop the run, you can win in the trenches, and then uh, number two, yeah, prove prove that you're capable of uh, making tackles in open field against our uh, our yak monsters. And so um, yeah, I would expect that there's a lot of prove it to me out of the uh, you know the Niners testing the Chiefs in the first uh, first opening frames of the game uh and then on the other side of the ball with uh you know the chiefs leaning into the run and being very physical uh to start a couple of these games i would expect that uh just in general the niners are able to meet that level of intensity and uh, hopefully uh, kind of get a key stop so um i don't have a ton of sense that this is going to be a wide open high scoring early game in fact i like a couple weird exotic props like no team scores in the first six and a half minutes um first quarter under uh, i think this is uh this is one where we could get a little bit of a slow burnout out of the gate yeah and i think that as well just tied to that uh everyone now is just kind of be just treating this chiefs offense like the offense that it was last year like i'm sorry like 18 weeks of the regular season have to matter for something and this team just outside of a kind of a hot stretch at portions the start of the season where they went off against a bad Chargers defense against a bears defense that was really struggling to start the year i mean this offense was really healthy throughout the season and i just can't shake like I was very invested in Mahomes MVP early on in the season. Just watching this offense just grind to a halt over and over again against Miami and Germany. They struggled against the Eagles yep. uh, in that game, in the Eagles' pass defense, which was horrific. The Raiders game was kind of a joke yep. uh, this, on Christmas. They just couldn't do anything at all. Uh, we had um, earlier today I interviewed Aiden O'Connell uh, on Fantasy Football Happy Hour, and he was yeah he was just kind of bemused like yeah I didn't need to throw the ball at all in that game. <laughs> we were just dominating. Uh, so I just don't think you can throw that out. So yeah. I just expect that there will be more struggles, uh, perhaps unanticipated. First team to score market: the Niners minus one twenty-two, Chiefs plus one hundred two. Uh, anything that tickles? Yeah, I mean, I obviously lean Niners here because of the obvious. The obvious. Right, the plan A, what everyone will conclude watching all of the Chiefs tape, how you want to attack them, should be a success. This should work, and I don't think you're going to have to go into your bag and find key adjustments if you're Kyle Shanahan early in this game. I think you're going to be able to move the ball. You're going to be able to get a score. Now, I don't know if you're going to be as efficient in the red zone as we've seen the Niners throughout the balance of the season. The Chiefs have outstanding secondary, certainly. Uh, they're, you know, again, it's not the, unlikely to see some explosive plays early. Uh, so it may be a field goal ultimately. I mean, it's an indoor environment. Uh, ball flies. I don't know if you knew this. So we're uh, there's actually kind of elevation here uh, relative to all of the other games, all the other stadiums besides Denver, which are close to sea level. We are, we are a little high here, um, and uh, yeah, the, the the protected environment of um, uh, of the uh, uh, of the Roomba in the desert is uh, is, is it's good for field goals. So uh, I think you're going to have a high likelihood that the uh, Niners get on the board first, get on the board early, and uh, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, fingers crossed for me that it's a touchdown. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would lean them pretty heavily in this market just because again like the answers are easy for them 
Yep. Like they don't, they're not going to have to get tested early in this contest, whereas the Chiefs are going to have to uh, find ways into this Niners defense that I think is, could take them a couple of quarters. Okay, let's uh, have a look at a couple of uh, these other prop markets. Over on Yard's first completion, uh, Purdy set at 10.5, Mahomes set at 8.5. No surprise there necessarily, the gap given that Brock Purdy, I think his yards per attempt ended up being an NFL record, right? It was like 9.9. Yeah. This is yards per completion, but don't mind the under there, just given that uh, you would think that Shanahan's not going to have him throw deep the first throw of the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> maybe get him an easy one to get going. Uh, and then first reception market, uh, Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice are the two favorites there, just because the Chiefs' offense is more streamlined than yep. the Niners' offense. Uh, anything that jumps out to you here? We agree. Under on uh, both uh, first reception yardage, under on both for me. Okay. Uh, I think you could see a pro- you, you, almost certainly you're going to see running back screens early, um, and uh, I rate the uh, tackling ability of the uh, Chiefs fairly fairly high, uh, particularly their corners and, and uh, some of their off-ball linebackers. They're, they're good tacklers, uh, so keeping uh, keeping a, a little bit of a bottle uh, on first uh, reception yardage is, is likely, and um, and similarly, uh, I think uh, you know. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw running amok in the you know second level there is pretty solid to keep uh, screen game t- you know kind of in the bottle for uh, Kansas City as well. So um, I would I'm I mean obviously Kelsey is the safety blanket for uh, Patrick Mahomes and if uh, you have a little bit of a conservative game plan coming out of the gate for um, Andy Reid and it's Pacheco run Pacheco run and third and four third and five. Almost certainly Kelsey's number gets called. Uh, Kelsey, I think, uh, is maybe the only player that I have any interest whatsoever in overs <laughs> for this Super Bowl uh, among all of those uh, markets that are uh, that are up right now. And, I mean, the answers are pretty straightforward there as well. Like, you're not going to get it done with your wide receiver group. They haven't gotten it done all year. Maybe they can make a play or two during this game, but you're not going to rely on them in the key moments. It's going to be Kelsey. So, uh, you know, he could very well see 12 targets in this one, and it would not shock me. Uh, and so I think he's pretty easily the, uh, the right call on on first reception for the Chiefs. Okay, let's uh, look at first touchdown scorer, which will be, no doubt, a very heavily bet market in the public. The Christian McCaffrey is your favorite at plus 360, mm. Isaiah Pacheco plus 600, and then Kelsey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Uh, any wacky theory about a first touchdown scorer? You can, put, you can put a line through, I think, a number of the wide receivers for San Francisco. Okay, line through. Yeah. Bye-bye, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, let's toss Brandon Ayuk. Let's (laughs) toss Debo Samuel. Um, I think you definitely want to consider George Kittle uh, in the 10-to-1 range. Um, I know that uh, Travis Kelsey is not a very sexy pick either in the 7-to-1 range, but, you know, he's going to be the guy that gets focus uh, when they're in the red zone. Um, You know, Christian McCaffrey is rightfully chalk here. Uh, I think he probably will get the first touchdown. Uh, But, uh, yeah, if you want me to take a little bit of a longer shot, uh, I don't mind getting wild with uh, George Kittle at uh, in a 10 to 1 and uh, and you want to get real weird Brock Purdy rushing touchdown uh, he obviously has shown a knack for scrambling all of a sudden uh, and has, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, life in those legs. And uh, if he finds the end zone via scramble, uh, I don't think we should be suppressed. Okay. Brock Purdy, 30-1. to 1. Uh, First touchdown scorer with his legs. Don't mind it. All right. Uh, before we get to coaching hires and next year's Super Bowl, join the party on the PGA Tour at TPC Scottsdale this week as Scotty Scheffler goes for his third straight title at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Check out all the big drives, mm. holeouts and rowdy fans on the 17th green on NBC Golf Channel as well as Peacock where you can stream the entire tournament.
for the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Best, worst NFL coaching hires. Uh, and anyone you'd back or fade right now. Uh, just running through these. Uh, the biggest one, I think, from a splash perspective. The Chargers getting Jim Harbour. Dan Quinns of the Commanders. Then Raheem Morris, David Canales, Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pierce, Mike McDonald, and Brian Callahan. Also, new hires. Uh, is there any? Do you have any angle on any of these? I think uh, these were all largely good hires. Uh, the one sort of head scratcher was Dan Quinn, not because he doesn't deserve another shot at a head coach, but the way that they're conducting the, you know, populating that offensive, you know, war room is a little strange. Uh, you know, bringing in Cliff Kingsbury while not really having finality on Eric Bieniemy one way or the other is a little, little bizarre. Um, and just in general, uh, you know, the commanders, the way they conducted their search, seemingly very pointed towards Ben Johnson before not landing him is a little bit unusual. So uh, that one, I've got my eyebrows raised. Um, all the rest of these, I thought. Were pretty solid. Uh, the one that I think is kind of the most interesting is definitely Dave Canales for the Panthers. Um, the Panthers were a disaster last year for multiple reasons, obviously, but um, they've basically, you know, they, they there is no way around it. They have to figure out how to get Bryce Young to play at a uh, at a minimum replacement, you know, above replacement level uh, NFL quarterback. He was uh, would not shock you to know he had the worst total EPA generated of any player in the NFL last year. And I think a ton of that does come down to coaching and uh, development. And so Dave Canales kind of resurrecting uh, Baker Mayfield's career uh, in Tampa Bay and, and in general having a softest division I think is the one that I'm the most intrigued by. He also is keeping um, a lot lot of that uh, defensive staff together and uh, with a healthier campaign from you know what some very talented players on the defensive side of the ball um, any type of improvement out of what you're getting at the quarterback position should help the Panthers make a pretty meaningful step forward so uh, that was kind of the one that I thought was the most interesting outside the box hire and uh, one that has the potential to really bear uh, some significant fruit how about you yeah, I always look. I always think about this stuff just purely in terms of the coach of the year market because I think it's the easiest and cleanest way to bet this, uh, to bet around this information. And to me, like I always now think of this market through the lens of who are people going to want to vote for and what is the story that can really take hold if they have the win improvement to justify um, giving someone coach of the year. So it became pretty clear early on this season that the. I thought anyway. The three guys who had a lot of juice in Coach of the Year were uh, Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel, and D'Amico Ryans. Sure. Those are the three who just had narratives that were just super compelling to people, I think. Yep. D'Amico, uh, self-evident in that the Houston Texans were the most moribund franchise in the NFL, had the number one pick last year, and if he could get them to double-digit wins, then it was just going to be an easy case. Dan Campbell with the Lions, obviously, though, they kind of they tailed off towards the end. I think that Thanksgiving game yeah. uh, and the second loss, or the second game against Chicago, which they lost, really kind of dented their image. And then Mike McDaniel, uh, who just the coaching, you either have to have an amazing story or the coaching has to be really self-evident in the way that you, when you watch them. And just the Dolphins with that offense, uh, it was very self-evident. So when I look through now, like what are the easy stories? What are the uh, things that I think will captivate people? 
like Jim Harbour leading the charges to the division is going to be a very compelling story if he does that, uh, particularly because their win total was so deflated. If Dave Canales can like fix Bryce Young and yeah. they win a bad division, <laughs> yeah, then that's over. almost certainly your coach of the year, right? <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. I think that's kind of viable, <laughs> given that they have a good defense. And Bryce Young was the number one pick for a reason. Like yep. The reason D'Amico Ryans is very likely going to win coach of the year is because CJ Stroud hit his 95th percentile outcome or whatever, 99th Correct. percentile outcome. And Bryce Young, that, there is a number one pick in there somewhere. Uh, and then the other one would be Raheem Morris in yeah. the the Falcons won seven games they have a ton of talent on that roster don't know what the quarterback situation would be but if he goes from like seven wins to the 13 yeah. and four division champ then I think that would be a compelling story as well yeah and potentially not all that improbable no I think. We, we we completely agree and honestly the fact that we are narrowing in on the NFC South shouldn't surprise anyone right like Gerard Mayo like he may be the next Bill Belichick he may have a great career he's in the AFC East he's in deep trouble <laughs> like this schedule is brutal uh, same with uh, Harbaugh Harbaugh has got to go through Pat Mahomes good luck buddy um, you know so I think the fact that we're picking on the softest division in football is the right way to approach it and Dave Canales is going to be the price that I'm looking for because again get a couple wide receivers in there improve the quality of play of the offensive line uh, and uh, develop develop Bryce Young into a, into a uh, bona fide starter and uh, you win Yep, no, I like it. Okay, uh, we'll get to next year's Super Bowl market later in the week, but for now we are done. Reminder that we will have shows from Radio Row every day through Saturday. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Rufus Peabody from Bet the Process and Unabated Sports coming to join us on the set. Uh, but in the meantime, don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for listening to us in podcast form. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder that you can listen to all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC Sports. I'm Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick on Radio Row in Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow.